Hey, what's happening, everybody? Welcome back to Mental Health Casual. I'm your host, Lucky, and today we're going over to the Depression subreddit. But before we get into that, uh, if any of you guys are new here, first off, welcome. Uh, this is basically what I do. I just go to different uh, subreddits that have anything to do with mental health and try to uh, give some generalized advice and try and learn something new, but I'm by no means a professional. So feel free to take my advice with a grain of salt or apply it to your life however you see fit. Um, as you can tell, we lost an hour due to daylight savings time, and I am a little behind on everything. Um, it took me a little while. Uh, you know, funny, it, it's strange, right? Because you we lose an hour, right? Because we spring forward. But uh, when I woke up this morning, it wasn't nearly as hard as I thought it was going to be. Because I keep forgetting that since, even though we lose an hour, it's kind of like I'm waking up at like... Um, uh oh no you know what actually no now that i'm thinking about it crap it is like i'm waking up earlier than i than i usually do yeah i don't know why i i just i woke up like easier than i usually do and i don't know what that's from so wow psycho psychology is a crazy thing huh <laughs> anyway there, i wanted to address um <clears throat> there was somebody that posted a comment on my uh on my most recent video about uh uh you know weed being we we it was basically about Paulina Pinsky, Dr. Drapinski's daughter, um, being addicted to weed. And uh, there was a little bit of a pushback on it. I kind of expected there would be. That it, this is this is kind of like a hotly uh, debated issue um, on whether or not this is a, uh, a, a whether or not this is an obsessive compulsive personality uh, disorder kind of thing. Or if it's actually an addiction, um, I'm on the side that says that you can be addicted to weed, just like you can be addicted to a lot of things. Um, and there are a lot of people who think that you, it's just a compulsive disorder and that you should, you should, that's where you should strike it. You should strike your behavior instead of just trying to strike the, uh, the uh, substance in and of itself. So just wanted to kind of put that out there. Uh, not not going to respond to it on here. I did respond to it, to it on my YouTube channel. Uh, but feel free to ever, if you ever, guys ever have any pushback, feel free to um, push back on anything that I say. I'm happy to have discussions about these things. And I think it's important to have discussions about mental health, especially because um, a lot sometimes people, <clears throat> excuse me, sometimes in the community, we don't have a sense of, discussion like it's either and i don't know maybe this is from trauma or something like that but it seems like it's either you know a, a big argument or you know anything like that <clears throat> at least from what i've seen um from the community and, and also just with everything being online nowadays it, it, it things get get pretty heated really really fast so uh, but yeah, no, I always have, uh, I always enjoy having those kinds of co conversations, but I'm always willing to change my mind on things, um, you know, as we go along. But I just wanted to <clears throat> let you guys know that other point out there. Um, and, you know, when we get, when we get back to like the leave subreddit where they talk about um, quitting THC and all that other stuff, uh, then maybe we'll come back and address it again. So, but for now, we're going over the depression subreddit. Uh, yeah, let's go to this first post because this is something that I hear a lot. Um, it doesn't super, it doesn't surprise me a whole lot, uh, but let's go and read it. It says, I have everything, yet I feel like I have nothing. That's the title of this post. 27, loving parents, great relationship with my brother, many friends, college degree, career job, good income, multiple hobbies, active at the gym. And even after I, and even after I read all that back to myself, I can't help but feel so alone. 
A few fleeting moments of happiness are overcome by lonely nights and, and a sense of worthlessness. What is even the point of life? I feel so ungrateful for all that I have been given. I am religious, so I've been trying to attend a men's group every week for the past few months. I pray to God to take this depression away and show me my purpose. But day in and day out, I feel just so, I just feel so useless. I'm not really looking for advice. I just need to get this off my chest. I've never truly acknowledged my depression until recently. Thanks for listening. No problem. So this is something that I hear a lot and it seems to, it seems to affect people disproportionately in the mid to upper class. Um, not saying that people who are in 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 uh, poor in the so who are poor don't get these types of mental illnesses. I'm not I'm not trying to say that, but I I don't know what it is. I, I guess maybe it's from lack of struggle. I, I couldn't really tell you. Like uh, lack of struggle, I mean, like in from outward sources that you end up your mind ends up struggling from within like this is more of a hypothesis that i came up with a while ago but i I was thinking if you don't have too many struggles in your life your brain starts to create troubles for you because i think like like i said this is very hypothetical this is not me trying to say there's research behind this but um but because you don't have as much to worry about in terms of well is the tiger gonna kill me is uh, am i gonna get attacked by a pack of wolves you know now it's pretty much like oh we you know i gotta go to the store and i don't want to so there is that sorry if you heard that i ended up dropping something um (laughs) you know so it's more like when we go to the store and i don't want to right um and i i i don't really know if it's just like our you know our our um body giving us struggle which we uh usually have and i I think that's why the gym is so important because it gives you some type of struggle to overcome not saying that you should be like super duper struggling at the gym but you know some some type of challenge you know challenge yourself if you uh if you went 30 minutes on the treadmill and that that seemed like your limit go for 30 minutes and 30 seconds you know continuously uh keep going or uh what we call progressive overload uh that's usually done with weights i i know but i usually like to apply it to like every every aspect of life to a certain degree um now that all being said i think you know when we talk about uh prayer and all that stuff um uh one of the things that i would maybe think about is ask yourself since this person is praying to god i would ask you to ask god why you're feeling this depression instead of asking him to get rid of it um that that usually helps a little bit more in these in in a spiritual setting is asking why you have some well actually no no that's not true it, it could be it could be any setting now that i'm thinking about it so uh, instead of asking um to get rid of it because you know there, there's a lot of people who beg and plead to have have their um mental illnesses taken care of right but instead maybe ask why you were given this if you're a spiritual person or ask well, or ask yourself if you're not a spiritual person, um, you know, what, how did this manifest itself is, you know, get to the, get to the root of it. You know, um, it, it could be just a chemical imbalance, right? It could simply be that you were born that way and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but obviously you want to make sure that there aren't any other factors. What, is there something that you're not dealing with? Is that how you got, uh, is that how you got depressed? Maybe you're not dealing with something and not dealing with something um, ended up piling on and piling on and piling on until eventually it became a disorder and your brain has changed. 
So just some, just some things to ask yourself instead of simply asking for a, a cure-all drug or asking for somebody to take away your pain, maybe you should ask yourself why you're feeling that pain in the first place and understand it. Uh, very, very much kind of like a Buddhist approach, I suppose, embracing suffering and, and embracing um, that as a part of life is how you kind of transcend it. That, that's This is roughly from what I remember when I was studying Buddhism. I, I think we all go through a time where we, we, we try and learn from Buddhism because of its emphasis on suffering, not saying that other religions don't. But I think Buddhism has one of the easier uh, easier to, to digest, uh, uh, what, do you, what do you want to say? Easier to digest um, philosophies on suffering. And uh, the, the, the story of Buddha, or Siddhartha Gautama, I think is how you say his name, can't remember off the top of my head, is an interesting one. And I'm, I'm not going to go over it right now, but um, it's just a story about suffering and overcoming that. Anyway, speaking of overcoming, let's go to the next post here. It says, starting today, I will overcome my depression. That's the title of this post. I don't know how long how long it will take or if I will even get rid of it entirely, but I'm going to work hard towards curing myself of this depression starting today. I will do one thing every day that will help pull me out of this mess I found myself at. Uh, the first step is to cut out my negative thinking and adopt a more positive mindset. Um, so... So uh, maybe with, with so if you're thinking about starting to do things very like as we said before progressive overload, you might want to think about doing something that is a little uh, less. Okay, I, I don't want to say that this is. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to like discourage you. That is something that is a good thing to try and do. I will just say this: it is very hard after having depression to adopt a more positive mindset. One, one place that you might want to start with, and Jordan Peterson talks about this a lot, is start with your room. I'm looking at my room, and I'm slowly starting to get it back together. But, I mean, man, when I was sick in, in January, my room went to crap. So it was interesting how my room ended up reflecting my, uh, my psychological state as well. Um, so you can start there. You can start with simple things. It doesn't even have to start with your room. It could just start with your bed, make it, just making your bed. Or maybe if you haven't cleaned the sheets for a while, clean the sheets. Um, and doing, doing things like that, right. Starting somewhere instead of trying to, uh, go for the, the, the mindset training, because mindset training sounds easy, but it, it, it is by yourself. It's not, if you try and do it by yourself, it, it can be a little difficult because you've probably conditioned yourself so long to, uh, to think this way. Um, and once again, I'm not trying to uh, discourage it. I'm just trying to say, if you're looking for a place to start, maybe look externally instead of internally. Um, the, the, the things that you change externally will help internally and vice versa. But I usually like to start externally um, because it will give you an example, right? When uh, you start going to the gym, people think that they, oh, I don't feel like going to the gym. And if I don't feel like going to the gym, then I shouldn't go. And which is the exact opposite. You should go despite the fact that you're not feeling like you don't want to go to the gym. Um, you have to work externally and the internal comes with it. So uh, just uh, maybe a place for you to start at instead of just uh, instead of um, instead of thinking about it in in that sense. Um, is there anything else on this one? Uh, but yeah, I, I think this kind of, I, I think this kind of thought process or this kind of um, renewal is really good to have. It's just, 
you want to find some driving force from here on out. And I listen, I, I use this metaphor to death, but the idea of a fire starter as opposed to wood or charcoal to continue a fire going, right? So you use a fire starter, either the, the, the oil, the, what is it called? The, the, the gas or the, um, the little white cubes, <clears throat> but you don't rely on that. You, you only use it to start the fire and then the, the logs or the charcoal end up keeping the fire going and you go for from there. So, um, so yeah, you, you, you probably want to try and find a, uh, something that is a little bit more of a driving force in this, instead of just a, uh, once again, a cat, more of a catalyst, something that, uh, this feeling that you want to, uh, take back your life. Great to get, great to have that, but you want something to back that up a little bit. So, um, best of luck to you. Let's go to the next post here. It says the title of this next post is I'm sick of laying in bed, but I can't get up to do anything else. I spend the majority of my time in bed hiding from the world. I'm only 22 and I'm missing out on life. I know what I have to do and what I should, but I choose, but I choose to lay in bed all day. I have my, I hate myself for doing this. I know it's not helping me. I started taking antidepressants again today. I'm hopeful this will help because I don't know what else will. I'm terrified. I'm losing all my relationships with friends and uh, and my boyfriend because of how much I'm isolating myself from everyone. I'm trying, but I don't think I'm trying enough. I don't know how to explain myself to people around me without feeling a burden, uh, like a burden constantly. I shouldn't be feeling this. I'm too young. Um, the, the thing is, and this is a very common saying with people in the, in the uh, mental health world, is that mental illness, well, in particular depression and anxiety, uh, they don't discriminate based off of age, based off of class, based off of race, based off, you know, it, it doesn't discriminate. It attacks everyone equally. So if, if anything, I guess it's a, it's the shining example of equality, you know, sorry about the, the weird joke there, but I mean, if anything, it kind of is right. Um, and uh, you're, you're not, you're never too young to get uh, a mental illness. Well, I guess you could be if you're really, really young, but the, I guess that's an extreme example there. Um, you know, when I went to the, the, the mental health world, right. You know, I was, I was, um, put into the psych ward and I was only 18 and I thought that was too young. I just, I was just so like, I just couldn't believe that this is happening to me. And I've told the story before, but uh, somebody ended up telling me who was like 50 or 55, I think at the time, uh, I couldn't get his exact age, but I remember him saying he was, uh, he was over 50. Um, and I kind of deduced it from there. But, uh, you know, he ended up saying, you know, I kind of wish that I was in your shoes. Um, because I ended up getting here so late in my life. And I have things that I, I, you know, the minute I get out of here, I have to go back to work, I need to go but, you know, I need to pay bills. I need to do. And by the way, this wasn't, wasn't him uh, attacking me for this. He was just saying, you know, listen, this is this is great for you because now that you have some understanding of what mental illness is, you can start fighting it from an early age and or fighting it, I guess, uh, working on it from an early age. So um, and it was it was really I don't know. It was really good to to hear that because. I didn't really think of it from the other perspective, like what happens if I get this later on in life? By the way, I don't want to sound all doom and gloom for people who do experience this later on in life. Obviously, big things happen, big changes happen, deaths happen, start, tend to happen more as you get older. So I don't want to um, I don't want to discredit the fact that you're going to feel those, that as well, and maybe things are going to happen. But 
um, you definitely want to uh, what would you say you definitely um, use this opportunity to face these problems uh, as early as possible, right? 22 is very, very young. Um, and I do agree it is, it is really young, but, uh, because of that, your brain is still somewhat malleable. So not saying that it's not malleable later, but obviously it gets a little less malleable as you go along, go along in life. Um, and, uh, yeah, you know, listen, if you need to take antidepressants, that's okay. That's fine. Um, but as we've talked about it before on this channel, uh, a lot of times antidepressants can take about a month. Uh, it's usually like three weeks to, I've heard anywhere from like, I've heard anywhere from two months, although I hear that's kind of rare. So um, it could take a while for them to kick in. Um, and yeah, listen, I, I totally, I understand the the feeling. I remember one summer break, it didn't seem like I got, it didn't seem like I went anywhere, dude. It just, I just kept staying in. And listen, I'll be real with you. Uh, sometimes you kind of have to force yourself to like really, really force yourself. And by force yourself, I mean, your brain doesn't like your brain isn't even with your brain and your body are in opposition of each other because your brain wants to stay in bed your body despite what your brain is saying is going to is moving like you're forcing it to move um and it's it's very difficult and i don't want to make it sound like it's easy but it is something that and by the way this could be just be going for a walk i, I that that could just it could just be going for a walk around the block um, doesn't have to be extreme, but getting that light into you, getting getting out of the house, um, you know, getting out of the place that you've been feeling depressed, I think is a good uh, a good start for that. But like I said, easier said than done. Um, I don't have a whole lot of I don't have a whole lot of tips for getting out of bed. I, I can only just tell you to do it. It's very, I don't have any like, oh, you know, <laughs> do this and you'll get right. You'll want to get out of bed. No, not really. Um, it's more of just doing it. I'll just be, you know, we, we I, I'm going to be transparent here. Um, as much as I like to have tips for a lot of these things, it just for that for that in particular, I really have to force myself sometimes to get out of bed to 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 want to or to go out and do something, not even to want to do something. Um, so yeah. Anyway, let's go over to uh, how much time do we got? Uh, we got we got time for a couple more. Let's go to this post here. It says, I think I'm becoming bitter and mean so people won't miss me when I end my own life. Title is pretty self-explanatory. Yeah, I, I, I'm always wondering about this too because there is this self-sabotaging behavior that, and it's hard to explain. And I, I don't, see, I, I, I find that depression and anger tend to go hand in hand just as much as depression and anxiety. Um, it's just that anger kind of manifests itself in different ways. Sometimes your anger ends up eating you alive. Sometimes it ends up hurting other people. So a lot of times a bit of both. Um, and I wonder about this because the the it's kind of like the self-fulfilling prophecy, right? You believe that you're a horrible person and you're a terrible friend. Then you start becoming a terrible, a horrible person and a terrible friend. And then once reality reflects your, your, your mind, your uh, mental state, well, now it's you. You start to. It's almost. It almost becomes justified. All of your actions become justified. Well, I am this, therefore I'm going to be this, right? And this is this is one of the problems I talk about with labeling yourself as your mental illness, right? You and as I said, I I have to be very careful with this as well. I'm not the best at it, um, but uh, being careful with with uh, equating your 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 uh, 
diagnosis or your diagnoses with your own self-identity. You're just somebody, it, it's kind of like saying I'm, I'm, I like if you're, if you're, if you're, uh, if you're sick, right. It would be like you saying, I am a cold, like, no, 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 you're not a cold. You're, you're a person who is suffering from the cold. Same thing with this. So I'm somebody who is suffering with depression. I am lucky and I'm suffering with depression. That's why I, this is just my belief. I never actually looked into this, but I, I've always found that 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 was kind of why they do that at the AA meetings. I don't know if they actually do this. I just see in the movies. So (laughs) if anybody's been through AA, maybe they can correct me. But one of the things you always see is, hi, I'm lucky and I'm an alcoholic or I'm this and I'm a, I'm this. Right. Um, so I always find that there is some the, uh, humanizing the person, remembering their name uh, and not just their their illness is a really big part of moving past whatever that is. So um, and so, yeah, like I said, you, you want to be careful about identifying with your symptoms or your diagnosis, because then you'll start actually acting those things out. And it could be hard for you to get away from that identity. As I said uh, in an earlier podcast, um, when I was really quiet and socially awkward and socially anxious, uh, once I started talking more, people were kind of confused and were like, oh, I thought you were quiet. And so then I had to I had to adopt this personality where I would be quiet with some people so that they would still like me. But all the newer people that I was meeting, that's when all of a sudden I would start talking more. And it was very easy for me to talk to, to people who didn't know me um as well not exactly but you know it's easier for me to be a little bit more of myself be a little bit more authentic with with people who didn't know me rather than people who uh were sorry rather than people who um uh knew me for a while and they only knew one side of me because i felt like i would be uh somewhat averting or uh, i wouldn't be living up to their expectations of me which is kind of a strange thing to to think about now that i'm now that I'm saying it out loud, <laughs> you know, you never really realize how ridiculous your uh, your thoughts are until you say them out loud. So <laughs> that's what a, that's a, that's what's a great about having your own podcast. You get to hear your own ridiculous thoughts out loud. Um, but yeah. Anyway, let's go to the uh, next post here. Uh, yeah, we'll do this last one. Um, so the title of this post is forget. I forgot. I'm always the second choice. Um was helping a friend out because she needed it after a bad day. Then she got a call. Then, then she got on a call with someone and completely forgot I existed. Not even a message, excuse me, not even a message saying she could, she couldn't reply or was busy. Every time, no matter who I'm talking with, I always forget that I'm their second, third, fourth choice, etc. I'll never be the only one they go to first. And even if I'm helping them, they will always go with the next available person the moment they can. I always have hope. And maybe this time is the tyke, Sorry, and maybe this time is the, I think that it's the time I'll be the first choice for help and they'll keep talking with me about it. And every time that hope gets crushed and shattered, why can't I just give up on this feeling already? Yeah, you know, I've always wondered about this as well. There is kind of this first choice. Uh, there is kind of like a hierarchy of who you want to hang out with, you know? Um, and I'm, I'm wondering about what this could be. Um, uh, for me, I don't really think there's anything wrong with it. Um, but there is something wrong with, uh, so I don't think there's anything, anything wrong with a hierarchy of friends, right? You have a best friend, you have these friends. Um, but I do think it's rude to have somebody helping you out and then have somebody completely 
different. And by the way, I've done this before, and it's really thinking about it now makes me cringe a little bit. My, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I've done this before where you know somebody will will be extending their help out to me, and they're the first one that I'm like, oh, thank you so much, and then somebody else will come up and be like. I want that person to help instead, actually. Uh, you know, and it starts to, you know, it starts to get kind of uh, to the point where you're just kind of using somebody, which is something that I don't really, uh, I, I personally don't like to see myself do, but it does happen every now and then. Um, so this is always a good chance for you to find um, someone who is your first choice. You might want to ask yourself these questions as well. Like put it on yourself. Who do you have as a second choice, a third choice or fourth choice? Do you even have those types of things? Um, personally, I don't really have too much of choice. Usually my family is my first, my family is my first choice, but, um, you know, I mean, it kind of goes to like whoever is closest to me, um, in terms of my friend group, I only have like one or two people that I really hang out with around, uh, around in Texas. Right. So, um, you know, when, when we're talking about that, I mean, it's very different than, you know, doing a Skype call or anything like that. So that's why they're, that's why my friends in California are a little bit lower on the list. But, uh, but yeah, I definitely, I definitely understand where, how this can, how this can hurt you, how it can feel like you're being, uh, like you're being looked, looked past despite the fact that you're all fully invested. And I would just say this to maybe make uh, some, I'm not trying to make a judgment call on your friends, but you might want to make some, some better friends who will put you a little bit higher on that list. You can usually, you can usually make those, um, but you also don't want to come off as too needy. That, that sometimes is what I find uh, people do. And then people put them lower on the, the hierarchy of friends. Like those kids, those, those kids, sorry, those people who are really, really needy, they usually go a little bit lower and a little bit lower. And as much as as much as friends are there for friends, it, it does start to get annoying after a while. And you do start to kind of put them lower on the list of, of people that you hang out with. You know, it, after a while, you start to get annoyed with this person. It's like, oh, man, dude, I'm like, dude, you're so this person's so annoying. I, I've had this happen with friends in the past where, you know, they, they just keep doing the same things. And, you know, I love them. But. At the same time, they, they just go lower on the list because I, I know what's going to happen every time I hang out with them. They're going to do this. They're gonna, you know sometimes with my my um, my friends who are into into drugs, like sometimes I have to be like, all right, well I don't know. We're not really in that same group anymore. If you guys want to do something else, then maybe we can um, hang out and do that instead. So um, it's all about finding boundaries. Or sorry, defining boundaries and and really. Um, applying those to your relationships as well so something you might want to look into is, is boundaries as well as um, asking yourself who are your real friends and maybe if you should make more it's never never a bad idea to make more friends by the way i don't, I don't find that that's usually a bad a bad or terrible thing anyway guys remember you can check out all things casual at the link tree in the description box down below also if you'd like to email me you can email me at mentalhealthcasual at gmail.com uh, that, uh, that new video that just came out yesterday will be on my mental health casual YouTube channel. Just take the link tree in the description, in the info box. Sorry, I keep forgetting to call it the info box. Uh, but as always guys, don't forget to keep it casual.